Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Voice of Pancreatic Cancer podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Weinberg, with the Cena Magowitz Foundation. If you don't know about us, we are a nonprofit that's committed to the awareness, prevention, and cure of pancreatic cancer. Today, I'm excited because we have two incredible women from the Honor Health Research Institute. We have uh, Ms. Gail Jameson and Ms. Joyce Schaefer. Uh, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you here on the episode. And before we dive in, I do want to just say a quick thank you to our sponsors. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we're able to do. Um, so uh, before we jump right into it, why don't you both introduce yourselves and uh, tell a little bit about how you got to where you are today. I'm Gail Jameson. I'm a nurse practitioner, registered nurse, and I'm also an associate clinical investigator at Honor Health Research Institute. And I, I feel very privileged to do the work that I do. It's somewhat unusual for an advanced practice nurse. I was born and raised in a little town in western Pennsylvania, Butler, Pennsylvania, just north of Pittsburgh. I did all of my nursing education at the University of Pittsburgh and um, had my medical practice there as well until 2006 when I was recruited to come to sunny Arizona to work with Dr. Von Hoff in our clinical research department. And so I have had the privilege of taking care of patients with cancer, exploring new treatments, new drugs, and in addition to having lab partners learning the science behind our studies, I also get to care for our patients. And that's, that's really what brings me the greatest joy. And um, so I'm happy to be here today to talk about my interest in the pancreatic cancer research. And also, I wanna thank the sponsors because we could not do the work that we do without the Magowitz Foundation and other foundations that are helping us find the cure. My name is Joyce Schaefer, and I'm a nurse navigator also at the Honor Health Research Institute. Um, I am a registered nurse. I have worked um, at Honor Health for 32 years. So I started when I was two years old, so you can do the math there. And um, I have worked in many different capacities at Honor Health. I've done bedside care for patients. Um, my current role is the intake nurse navigator. Um, I'm the first point of contact for patients as they call in wanting to know about what treatment options and what care we can provide for them. And thank you also to the sponsors uh, for providing this opportunity that we can share all the wonderful resources we have for them. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, uh, both for being here, taking time out of your uh, busy day to talk with us. Um, Joyce, why don't we get started on the introduction to Honor Health? I mean, tell me a little bit about the Institute. Thank you. So Honor Health is a six hospital system in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Um, and we are a community-based hospital system. And the Honor Health Research Institute is located specifically on one of the campuses um, in, the, in the valley, which we call Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona. And um, we provide um, clinical trials treatment for all different types of cancer. Obviously, today we're talking specifically about pancreas cancer, but we have clinical trials available for all different types of cancer for individuals. Um, we are, as I mentioned, a community-based hospital system. And so it's very unique for institutes such as ours to be um, associated with a hospital system that is not academic. But we have very strong research um, and we have affiliations with um, entities such as TGen, which brings uh, able to bring 
um, cutting edge treatment to the bedside for treatment for patients. So that means that patients are able to receive medication that they would not otherwise be able to receive at their oncology office. Um, providing them both quantity and quality of life is our goal for patients. That's so awesome. And then you guys do a lot of second opinions as well. Correct, correct, absolutely right. And um, actually, because of all um, the, the physicians that we have on our team, um, they are nationally known for their expertise in their specific type of cancers. And individuals come our way for those second opinions to see what other um, tests, what other treatments can be provided for them either in a clinical trial, be it at our place, or clinical trials that might be closer to where they reside. And this isn't just for patients in the area, right? I mean, you guys work with patients from all over the nation. Correct. We work with patients from all over the nation. And you know, and some, um, I'm glad you mentioned that, because some individuals, they don't have the resources to come to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona for treatment. But what we can do, uh, again, because our physicians are nationally known, they know a lot of physicians nationally as well. So I am able to connect patients with physicians in their local communities or closer to home so they can receive that expert second opinion um, that would be that is very valuable to them. Gail, why don't we talk about some of the accomplishments? I know that you've been there almost since the beginning. So what's it been like to see the accomplishments that Honor Health has made? It's been extraordinary. And again, I feel so privileged to be part of the work that's being done. And so starting back in 2006, when I arrived, we were a, a small institute. We had five studies. And as Joyce mentioned, it's not only pancreatic cancer studies we have, but we had five studies at that time. Now our institute has over 80 studies. And I would say at least 10 to 12 are focused specifically for patients with pancreatic cancer. And the advances have really been amazing. You know, I, and Joyce had mentioned about the internet. <clears throat> so many patients come to us really hopeless. You know, they've, they've gotten this diagnosis and they think there's nothing out there for me. They've heard, get your affairs in order. You know, you may be around for another year or less. And, we advise people do not get on the internet because mm -hmm. those are old data that what is happening in the last few years, the research is really changing things around. And, you know, we have not found the cure yet, but we're seeing people live longer, live better. You know, as you know, we're looking at quality of life in addition to quantity of life. And if you look at the treatments that are available out in the community for patients with pancreas cancer, two of those came from our institute mm -hmm. and led by Dr. Daniel von Hoff, who is you know, world renowned for his research and focusing on pancreas cancer. And, and I was privileged to be part of this back um, shortly after I came, we started a study combining gemcitabine with the drug known as Abraxane or nabpaclitaxel. And we treated the first person in the world with that combination with pancreas cancer. And it took years to finish the study, but that became what we call a standard treatment that patients can get anywhere um, in the country with the diagnosis of pancreas cancer. We also led a study that you know, we're very proud of because this is the first study that provided a 
second round of approved therapy for people with pancreas cancer. So what used to happen historically, if a patient was diagnosed, they had a round of chemotherapy. If it didn't work, many times physicians would say, we're sorry, we don't have any other options for you. Or we could try this drug, but it's not really been proven in treating this disease. So with the study that we did, which turned into an international study, but it was approved by the FDA for second line treatment, meaning treatment after the first treatment, with a, a new novel drug, um, it's a, a lipid nanoparticle irinotecan with 5-FU, an old standard drug. And what we saw is people getting this as second line treatment lived longer and did better. And so that was a big breakthrough. And again, those two treatments that are now available nationally came from Honor Health Research Institute. We have so many other studies that are, are in process. We have drug studies. We have radiation therapy studies. We have new novel techniques of like electrodes being applied to the body called tumor treating fields. Just so many exciting things that we're looking at how many different ways can we outsmart pancreas cancer and stop it in its tracks? And what's it like to, personally for you, to be a part of um, such world-changing research? It's quite humbling, actually. Um, you know, as a nurse, to be involved in this, I feel very honored, but I, I am so glad that nurses can be involved in this research because I think we bring a different element of caring. Our physicians are very caring, but we have more time to really look at symptom management, how are patients feeling, how can we help their family, mm -hmm. uh, their caregivers, and it's, it's just been amazing, and um, I, I really enjoy the work that we do. So that really leads into my next question. Um, Joyce, what's a typical patient experience there at Honor Health? I mean, when do patients interact with you first? Um, so when patients interact with me first, it's either through a phone call or through an email. They heard from a friend or they in, went on the internet or they went to the Cena Magowitz Foundation website um, and they connect with me. Um, people come, uh, the people I connect with, um, they are, some are brand new diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Some have been down the cancer treatment journey a while. Um, and they're calling me because they just left their oncologist office and the doctor said, I don't have anything more for you. As Gail already mentioned, you know, put your affairs in order. Um, and so that's when, that's the type of connections I get from individuals. So then I just listen to their story. You know, what, what has taken place? Um, and then at that point in time, um, I will then get their records together, um, provide education about uh, coming to our clinic for a consultation. And I think it's important to know, first of all, and you mentioned second opinions before, everyone, everyone deserves a second opinion. Everyone. Um, it is not disrespectful to your treating oncologist to seek a second opinion because you have a very rare cancer and not everyone knows the um, the, the nuances of pancreas cancer. And so seeking that expert second opinion is very valuable to your care and to your longevity and to your quality. Um, so when the individuals that I speak with that are able to come to our clinic for a consultation, um, it's also about the right timing to come. If a person's in treatment, 
Um, I don't necessarily encourage them to come out right away because we want to make sure that the treatment they're currently getting is, um, we want to see how affected it effective it is to the cancer. So oftentimes timing for um, a consultation for that second opinion is just after a follow-up scan has taken place because that gives us up-to-date information as to how well the cancer is responding to the treatment, um, also gives us time to get all the records in order, etc. So, and speaking of records, we don't bring anyone in without those valuable records. So we um, get your pathology reports and your progress notes, and we actually also get CDs or electronic imaging of all your scans that you had done, because we like to compare them to previous scans so we can truly see exactly what's going on with your cancer. Um, so, so very thorough. Very thorough. We are very thorough. And then for those individuals who are unable to come, some people because of resources, some people because unfortunately they're just too ill at the time, I spend a lot of time with them um, on the phone just talking about what's going on with them right now. And sometimes, as Gail had mentioned, we are really good at symptom management. And when I say symptom management, that means the nausea, the vomiting, the diarrhea you may be experiencing, maybe from your treatment or maybe from um, your cancer. Um, you know, you don't have an appetite. or So there's so many things that can be addressed. Um, and I can help provide information as to what questions a patient should ask their physician. So it's out of my scope of practice to say, oh, you should take this. But what I can say to a patient is, ask your doctor about taking this medicine for this certain type of symptom that you're experiencing. So I'm able to provide a lot of talking points to patients um, and promoting self-advocacy for their livelihood. And, and I have to say that Joyce is a master at doing this, and she really gives our patients hope. Uh, you know, I can't say the number of folks that have come to see Dr. Borzianzi and myself that will say, after talking to Joyce, I really felt like I have a chance to, you know, beat this disease or at least get some treatment and do better. So we're very fortunate to have Joyce with us. Thank you, Gail. And, and I should, and speaking of hope, that is one of the biggest things that when I, especially to people who are newly diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, um, I will have maybe just talked with them maybe five, 10 minutes, if that. And there are so many people that say to me, oh my goodness, I have never heard so much hope from one person and I have talked to four different oncologists. And it's, that's what gives me joy in my job. And, and I have to say that we're realists, though. It's not that we give people false hope. Right. Um, if somebody's been on this journey and they're, you know, maybe don't have a lot more options, we can still help them in terms of hope, like strategies of symptom mm -hmm. management, how people can feel better mm -hmm. and, you know, have the best quality of life for however much time they have. But certainly with new patients, you know, people will say, is it worth it? I had a patient this week said, is it worth it? Why should I even go through this chemotherapy? And said, well, you know, people tend to think chemotherapy will make them feel worse. But with this disease, with pancreas cancer, because there are so many symptoms associated with it, that if the chemotherapy is effective, people feel better. Mm -hmm. And they can feel better rather quickly. Well, that's so encouraging to hear. And... Um, so important, you know, that message of hope, like you said, we, 
see online, you know, if you do a research about a Google search about uh, pancreatic cancer, just the things that come up are so discouraging. So uh, thank you ladies both for implementing that message. It is so powerful and we know that uh, for patients it can be the difference between how, uh, how strong they fight. So we appreciate that. And um, so Gail, let's talk about clinical trials. So I think there are a lot of fears and myths out there about clinical trials. You know, when we hear patients say, I don't want to be a guinea pig, it's like, oh, you're not a guinea pig. No. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, just an old, I think, classic saying. But people who are on clinical trials, meaning studying new treatments, new drugs, new radiation techniques, whatever, that they are actually looked at under a microscope. You know, we are looking at every symptom. We see them much more often than if they were getting the typical treatment. And so people are not a number. They are not, you know, just this one individual who's on a study. They are the individual that we focus on because we need to learn everything about their experience. So I'm biased, but I believe the quality of care people get on a clinical trial is extraordinary. <clears throat> The other thing I think it's important for people to realize is that, you know, there are concerns about insurance. Many people think, well, my insurance won't cover it. Well, the majority of insurances do allow for mm -hmm. clinical trials. Yes. And so that's a reality that we see often, that it, it's not denied, but people can participate. There are also fears about, you know, what will my physician think? I'm leaving them. Well, we're an add-on to the team. We're not taking patients away from their physicians. We're just offering other options that maybe they could not get there. But I think a lot of people aren't familiar with clinical trials. And when we're looking at new treatments, what we're looking at, at least in the work we're doing with new drugs, is there's different phases. So phase one is where we take a new drug that's been highly tested in the lab, in animals, and the FDA gives us very strict guidelines in terms of how, many, how we dose, how we treat. We go very slowly with small numbers of patients. And in that early phase, what we're looking at, is it safe? Is this safe for people? We're also looking to see, is it benefiting? But is it safe at the doses we're using? When we get to what we think is the right dose, then the drug may go on to phase two. And phase two is when we're looking more at, does it work for a larger group of patients? So we may take only patients with pancreas cancer and see how they do. If we see significant benefit, then it may go to a phase three study, and that's the big study that the FDA likes in terms of half the people get this standard of care and half the people get the new treatment. And if we see that it's superior, or at least not you know, lesser, mm -hmm. inferior, then the FDA may approve that treatment. So it's a long process. In cancer trials, specifically pancreatic cancer treatment trials, rarely are placebos used. And in those early stage, phase one, phase two, we do not use placebos. And that's a very common question that we get from patients. No sugar pills, no just plain saline. We are here to offer a treatment for your cancer. And I think, I think one more thing that's important to um, remember also in clinical trials is that some people think that they have to have exhausted all other options before coming on a clinical trial. So some people, like I need to be on my deathbed before I go on a clinical trial. So a clinical trial can fit anywhere in their treatment journey. 
Um, and just because you go on a clinical trial as a first treatment, it doesn't mean it ex excludes you from other trials down the road. So they can fit anywhere. Yes, and we really look at pancreas cancer today as a chronic illness. You know, when I'm talking with new patients, I say, although it's, you know, very serious, but it's like having heart disease or diabetes that you get on one treatment, and if after a while it's not working, well, we change gears. Mm -hmm. We go on to another treatment, and we have multiple choices now for patients in terms of treatment options, and our goal because we're optimists, we're realists, but we're optimists, is to keep people alive and feeling well for that next breakthrough. You know, I, I worked in the days of testicular cancer research back in the late 70s, and you know, almost every young person died, and then a new treatment come out, and almost every person with testicular cancer is cured. And so that's kind of the carrot that we're looking for, and it's out there, we just haven't found it yet. Yes, and that's the ultimate goal. For sure. Um, what are some other fears or questions that you get when it comes to clinical trials? And uh, do people need like a physician referral? They do not need a physician referral, good question. So people can self-refer, um, just call up our office, call me and we can talk about what's best timing, what would be a best fit for you for a trial, for treatment. Our physicians are an additional member to their healthcare team. We work alongside their oncologists. So I also um, encourage people, um, in one, uh, in when I provide talking points to them, ask their physician, ask their oncologist about clinical trials and see what uh, what options that their, their oncologist may know. Um, a lot of times oncologists, you know, they won't bring that up because they have a busy practice and maybe it's on the agenda, but maybe it's for next visit. So please bring that up to your oncologist um, because you are your best advocate. So Joyce, I know that that's something that you stress with patients as well is um, education and, and being, becoming um, an expert on your own um, symptoms and things like that. So do you want to talk a little bit more about that, about patient education? Um, yes. So when, um, when I talk with individuals, I um, not only give them the talking points to go back to their physician, but I also give them resources that they can look at online um, as far as um, uh, there are resources I know on the scene of Magowitz. There's other resources that I give them links to um, for the symptom management. Um, a lot of people with pancreatic cancer um, need to take a um, uh, pancreatic enzymes because their pancreas is not functioning well and they need those digestive and supplemental enzymes. So a lot of people don't take them at the right time, the right dosage. And again, that's where expertise comes in because we we know pancreas cancer inside and out. And so um, we're able to give guidance on, this is the best way, this is what you're, how you're supposed to take this medicine. And this is when you're supposed to take this medicine. Um, and as far as um, nutrition as well, um, you know, I, people need to seek um, a consultation with a oncology certified dietitian nutritionist, because that's huge for pancreatic cancer. 
Um, and also to, you know, with, you need to monitor your blood sugars. And so, you know, maybe having an endocrinologist that is also caring for you along with your oncologist. So there's a lot of, um, as Gail had mentioned too, there's a lot of symptoms um, um, and side effects that take place, not only with the treatment, but also with the disease itself. And when we talked about earlier not getting online and Googling things, it's, it's really just about knowing the right places to go. Correct, correct. And it, in fact, I specifically tell people, do not Google this disease um, because it is all, um, it's doomsday. And, and they don't have, as Gail mentioned, they don't have the up-to-date information that we have um, with research and with our uh, patients. Yeah, a lot of times the, the first articles that come up, they're 10 years old, you know? So. Correct. That's right. And, Correct. you know, Joyce and I were talking on the way down about the importance, and I think that we both do this in our practice, is when we're educating patients to have a significant other, a friend, mm -hmm. a family yeah. member, it really takes a team because our patients are so overwhelmed with the diagnosis, the stress, they're not feeling well, we're giving so much information, and it's very easy for them to become completely overwhelmed, forget what we've said, not understand what we've said. And so having a spokesperson, a team member, mm -hmm. you know, a second pair of ears that have heard what we've said that can help to reinforce, I think is, is very important. Absolutely. And Pre-COVID, you know, you could bring your whole tribe with you to your consultation. But right now, we are allowing one person to come with you to the consultation because definitely that second set of ears and eyes is very important. Yeah, and just a matter of knowing who to surround yourself with and surrounding yourself Correct. with people that are also hopeful and encouraging. Right. Okay, so Joyce, you mentioned... Um, that you are usually the first point of contact for patients. Um, if patients are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I would love to speak to her, uh, what should they do? Um, you can call me um, at this phone number, 480-323-1364. Um, and uh, email address is um, joschafer, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, at honorhealth.com. Okay, and, and should they say attention anything in the subject line or do they need to get their paperwork together before they... No, you, you don't need to know anything. Um, I, I, <laughs> I speak with, I don't expect you to know what you don't know. So that's what I can help guide you through. In fact, a lot of people will say, I don't even know what questions to ask you. I was just told I need to call you. And so that's perfect opening line. And we just walk through the conversation and are very productive in what the outcome is. Thank you, ladies, for being here and taking the time to really just give us a great introduction to Honor Health and what you guys do there. Um, is there anything that I missed? Anything you wanted to add or emphasize? So I do have one thing that um, I think is important when patients are looking for centers that have a lot of experience in caring for patients with pancreas cancer. We do have a multidisciplinary tumor board that we meet once a week. Our oncologists, our, some of our nurses, our radiation doctors, our surgeons, our the, the physicians, the radiologists who read the scans, our genetics people, 
uh, gastroenterologist. Right, our yeah. gastroenterologist. So we have a huge team that we present our patient's case to every week. And so when people come to us, they're not just getting one physician's opinion. They're getting a whole team of physicians looking at their situation, making the best decision that they can in terms of treatment options. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, uh, if you've been watching this episode and you want to get in touch with um, Joyce or Gail, we'll have the contact information and the details below. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Um, thank you, Joyce and Gail, for being here again. Thank you. Thank you. And if uh, you enjoyed this episode and you want to share it with someone, we encourage you to do so. And also, don't forget to like and subscribe as well. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day.